Hello, sports fans. You're in the group chat, and if the Houston Texans were picking number three overall in the 2021 NFL Draft, who would they select? I think there's multiple scenarios, Meltz. I think, first of all, there's a scenario where... Don't tell me it's Penny Sewell. Let's say Deshaun, don't tell me that. Let's say Deshaun Watson still wanted to trade and you were in this position. Yes. Who would you draft? Then I think there's a scenario where um, you you have... Let's say they traded for Trent Williams instead of Laramie Tunsil. So you trade a third and a fifth. So you don't have to worry about tackles because yeah. you have Trent Williams and you have Titus Howard. So, okay. you, so you don't have to worry about that. What they should have done. And then we can go through uh, any other scenarios. Who you taking? And under I scenario think- one, Deshaun Watson wants out. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence is gone. Zach Wilson's gone. Who are you going with? I think this is a really simple answer. If Watson still wants out, then it's Lancer Fields. Pick which one you want. Lancer Fields, real simple. If Watson was still here and they did a third pick, I also th- – well, I think this one is a little, little bit less obvious, but I would go with either – you go with Pitts or Chase. I'd probably go with Pitts because I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So if Deshaun Watson's in, you're going weapon. Yeah, I'm going Deshaun weapon. Watson's out, you're going quarterback. Exactly, because this team, even if Watson – even if he had Trent Williams and that hypothetical Landry let out, the, the defense is still awful, but this is not a defense-heavy draft at the top. And unless you trade down, I would just say take Kyle Pitts. Bait, can I enter in a third scenario? Based on what we've seen offensive linemen go for and what the actual value of tackles being moved around is, is there any scenario where the Texans don't give up two firsts and maybe it's additional picks, but they could still have Laramie Tunsil, but also still have this pick? Is there any way that Bill O'Brien just massively overpaid to that point where he still has this, you know, well, where he yes. would have still had this pick? Well, yes, if he had traded for Laramie Tunsil before the 2019 draft and traded the 2019 first rounder and the 2020 first rounder, but not the 2021 first rounder. Are you following so me? So you think there was always a, it was always two first round picks to get Laramie Tunsil? I'm not 100% sure, but I think if I think if they were doing it right, that's the way you would have done it. I, I've said this like 15 times. If they were going to trade for Laramie Tunsil, that decision should have been made in January 2019, that they were going to spend like the next three and a half months negotiating that trade, because then the first of those picks that they were giving up, they would have known which selection it was. As it turned out, the picks they gave up, they didn't even know what they were giving up. Not to digress too much, but it goes back to my my biggest beef with the organization where they sit right now. The backup plan is always so fucking over the top like you have you bringing in Matt Khalil to be your left tackle and that doesn't work out so all of a sudden it's oh let's trade two first rounders in a second for Laramie Tunsil you try to get Nick Casario and you get tampering charges filed against uh, filed against you to bring in the GM it's like oh let's just make Bill O'Brien general manager and let Jack Easterby be his right hand man then you try to sign Carlos Hyde to a contract a two year contract to be your starting running back and he says no it's like oh let's just trade DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson and take back the contract the backup plan's always extreme but i digress back to the draft it's very o'brien-esque how if one mistake for a player he didn't like that player was basically persona non grata for the rest of the season isn't the backup plan supposed to be conservative like it's 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 almost like it's like it's like if i if if i was a kid like let's say i was a kid uh, or or i I had a family and i had a bunch of kids like this is bill o'brien's way of thinking all right we're gonna plan a trip to disneyland let's go to disneyland and all of a sudden the the disneyland gets shut down for whatever reason let's say hey they have a leak or something like that typically you say let's just go to galveston as the backup plan and let's just go somewhere take a cruise around the world he goes a fucking round trip around Europe, backpacking through the mountains and stuff like <laughs> yes. that. Yeah, that's an excellent, excellent point. All right, so back to our scenario where, the, where we're talking about the number three overall pick. Yep. And Deshaun Watson wants in. Yeah. So he wants to play? Yeah. He wants in. He wants to play. Okay, yeah. so you have this pick and Deshaun wants to play. You have this pick and Deshaun wants to play. Okay. I'm going Pitts and I'm calling it a day. No way. I'm going Pitts. I'm calling that's it a day. I, that's what no I way. said. And that's that is a and, and and I understand he's going to be a Hall of Famer. No. I understand the level of risk associated with it. What's the risk? The risk. That's the, the high. The risk is this, and this is this is how I asked this. Go ahead. The, the risk to me is really: are there safer choices that could impact to a longer period of time? Than what Pitts can impact. This this would be this is the way I ask Cody this, and this is why I don't think I would take Pitts that early. And and I understand that it's a risk to take because if you told me that I was going to get Travis Kelsey and he was going to have Travis Kelsey's career, I would say okay, sign me up for that. If you told me he's Tony Gonzalez and I'm going to get that career, sign me up for that. I might even take Kittle number three there. But how many other tight ends in the NFL do you look at and say if I could be guaranteed this guy's career at pick three at the tight end position? I would roll the dice on that. That's the only way I look at it. Gonzalez, 
Gronkowski, Kellen Winslow, right? But that's what I think. That's what he is. I, I think well, this, if he's that, then this, yes. This guy. If might he's be, that, then yes. Guy, I just think it's a hell of a high bar. There's of all time. There's no way he's Gronkowski. Why not? Because he can't block like Gronk. He he, he can't he block. Can like block though. He, he likes can a little block. bit. This guy can block. But this guy's not. I mean, but but, but that's but maybe I'm saying but, he can be as great here, as Gronk. Here's a counterpoint to my point. If you don't use him to block, yeah. Think about the wear and tear that Gronk suffered. Yeah. That kept him from achieving great things every single year because he was so banged up. And then if you think about him as just an offensive weapon, not an inline blocker like some tight ends get used as, then yeah, there's extreme potential there. It, at three, though, in this scenario, you don't have Laramie Tunsil. People are going to want maybe a tackle if Deshaun's in. Yeah. People would maybe want Chase because you don't have um, you don't have Will Fuller in this scenario. I mean, yeah, it'd be sweet to have Kyle Pitts and Brandon Cooks, but it'd be better in some people's eyes to have Brandon Cooks and Jamar Chase. Well, you also could trade down, obviously, get more selections. It's possible. If he is, if he is Travis Kelsey or something like that, it's worth it. It's just, it, I don't know. I don't know if the, the tight end at three scares me. So what would you do at three? Me? me at three? Do I have to make the pick? Can I trade? I, I, I would say. I would be trying to do exactly what Miami did. I would, I would say I wouldn't even be trying to necessarily do what Miami did. I'd be fine being at 12. And yeah, those even that. yeah, even that's fine. Uh, I'd be fine. Getting, I, I don't have to then go back up to six. I don't feel like the player difference between six and what... Because, again, Mike mentioned the defensive players. At 12, you're, you're, you could pick a defender. It, yeah. it's, and, and you'd be totally... It'd be totally fine to be picking that defender. It'd be a corner or quitty pay or something like that. I think in a perfect world, and, and I'm assuming that the Texans, if this Watson stuff clears, they're going to have multiple first-round picks in next year's draft. In a perfect world, when you're top three, you want someone like a Chase Young there or something like that, or like a, yeah, like a like Miles that. Garrett or something like that. Like Normally, you normally you have to choose like between you know the quarterback or this guy that's going to significantly impact your defense. But as we sit right now, you're basically just talking about a bunch of receivers, a bunch of quarterbacks, a couple tackles, and then all of a sudden the defense. Someone's going to find a gym, but there's not just like that game-changing situation. It's, it's a tough it's a tough spot to be at three right now if you don't like these quarterbacks. The Texans could find themselves in a um, in a situation not totally the same as Cleveland, but the Texans' own pick in 2022 could be the first overall pick, and then they could have another selection somewhere in the first via Deshaun Watson trade where you know they can select perhaps the quarterback of the future at the top of the 2022 draft and then add something else. But again, we're a year away from that, and that's assuming Deshaun Watson, it doesn't go terribly wrong from where it is now for him, and he's allowed to play football again at some yes. point down the, down the road, and the Texans are able to move on from Deshaun Watson via trade. I did a, a depressingly. I did a search for a a 2022 mock draft just to kind of see some of the players people are picking. There will be a guy who I think is. I don't know if he's quite in the Miles Garrett, uh, Chase Young category. It's the Oregon kid, correct? the Oregon guy, Thibodeau. He's a big time player. I think he is a really big time. He when, dominated as, as a when, true sophomore this when year. When Mel Kiper throws out the 2022 players to watch or the yeah. mock or whatever he does on, on Saturday, Saturday he'll, he'll be on there whatever he and McShay yep. do the, he that that name will be near the top you'll see a couple quarterbacks sprinkled in yep that name will be near the top yes I'm sure there'll be some offensive linemen near the top blow this for Slovis or throw in the towel for Hal those are the two quarterbacks to Possible. look out for I haven't thought of one for Rattler yet I'll figure it out you're <laughs> sitting on a gold mine though at number three you know you know 16 I, I, I heard this stat uh, today 16 of 34 quarterbacks taken in the first since 2010 a team has traded up for them so 16 out of 34 the uh, a team has traded up to draft them in the first mm-hmm. round quarterbacks yeah okay 16 to 34. I mean, just to add another, like, quarterbacks go in the first round, typically. Uh, Ryan Marcillo did the numbers. 14 of 16 quarterbacks in the AFC are first-rounders. Drew yes. Locke and, and Carr are not first-rounders. Yeah. And those guys like, are both second-rounders. Yes, and it's, a, it's almost like the, the debate that people, like, yes, it's really hard to draft quarterbacks and evaluate them, and Marcillo did the whole thing where he broke down, like, all right, I know the number is typically 50%. Is it really 50? It might be on the, on the low side of that, but it's like it's kind of like five stars in college. Like You look at the guys starting in the league. Yeah, they're first-round draft picks. Like It's really hard to find quarterbacks in the second, third, fourth round. Yeah, I, I, did, the, I did the numbers, and I think 
later than the fourth round, I think there's there's only one quarterback in the NFL that's starting right now that was drafted in the fourth round, uh, and that's um, Dak Prescott. Uh, there's only two guys that were drafted in the sixth round or later. Or there's actually three starting quarterbacks that were drafted in the sixth round or later, and that's Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tom Brady, and Tyrod Taylor. Yeah. Uh, and then you know the, the the even the second and thirds are few and far between. I want to say it was like over sixty six percent that are cousins first rounders. is a third rounder. Cousins is a third, and then you have Garoppolo is a second rounder. Yep, first, second. yeah. Well, we assume he's about to be replaced by yeah. a first rounder. Yeah. But, he, but he's probably I think going to start somewhere in 2021. But you think, yeah. Yeah, I think so. You would think, yes. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really kind of... There's a lot of draft myths that go on. Uh, what, are the, what if the Texans trade for Garoppolo this weekend? That would be weird. <laughs> I don't... I, don't, I, I mean, based I think, on... Do you, think, do you guys think he's going to be traded? Ba- based on the value that it seems San Francisco has put on him, and I know yeah. Kyle Shannon can say whatever the hell he wants at his press conference about how important it is to have a guy in the building, and injuries are the only concern that we've had with Jimmy. Look, you're picking a quarterback at three, yep. and as soon as you turn the card in, Jimmy Garoppolo's value plummets because he's less useful to San Francisco than he used to be. So if you told me that the Texans first selection in this draft goes to San Francisco for Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm probably not going to be a happy camper, but there are worse ways to go about trying to f- find a scratch off at the quarterback. <laughs> if it's somewhat of a version of what Carolina did, what Denver got for Teddy Bridgewater, I'd be okay with it. I mean, it, where they're taking on most of the money and you're, you're throwing in like a day three pick. Well, that's the thing. Like if, if Teddy Bridgewater goes for a six and I know there's a money consideration, Garoppolo's paid more, but the, the salary is not really guaranteed. And so why would Garoppolo be worth that much more than Bridgewater? He can't be. He really can't be. He really can't Especially be. because he's, draft he's always hurt, too. He lacks, he lacks reliability. Yeah. He, he lacks reliability. And that's one of the main reasons they're picking a quarterback yep. at three overall. Shanahan and said as much. Is yeah, he lacks reliability. Yeah. Yep. If they knew Jimmy Garoppolo was going to play 16 games, be or happy. he had recently been playing be 16, 15 games, they wouldn't be picking a quarterback. They'd be trying to pick a stud at 12 to help yeah. the team win right now. I agree. But they can't rely on that guy to play, which if you're trying to be bad and that's your quarterback and you think he might get hurt, then I, I guess that helps you be bad. But Tyra Taylor's going to do that just fine. The other thing when we're talking about number three and the Texans potentially selecting number three, I, I also I, I find myself asking myself this question in the top 10 because I think there's a chance that one of these things could happen or both of these things could happen. There's either a team is going to get potentially Travis Kelsey, assuming that Pitts is what he is in the top ten, and I also think they could get a team's going to get Tyree Kill, and I, and J- and Jalen Waddle I think could be Tyree Kill uh, in the league, and I think if Tyree Kill, if there were no concerns and you put Tyree Kill in a draft more times than I was going top ten, top fifteen, oh, so. Yeah. I, I wonder when Jalen Waddle goes uh, in this draft. And if I were drafted over the Texas, you told me I was just sitting at number three and I was trying to get Deshaun Watson weapons. Let's say the tackles were, were held down. I would consider Jalen Waddle over Chase. I would think about it. I, don't, I would not put him, though. And I like Waddle actually over Smith, but I, I like uh, – Jamar Chase, but the, a lot. but the, but but let's think about this. Let's think about this because well, I, if, well, if 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 Waddle had never gotten hurt, there's a chance he's coming off the Heisman year and not Devonte Smith. Let, let let's play the. I let, just think that let's play the, think, let's play the comparison game. I've heard Chase be compared to similarly to Michael Thomas, his ability to make a quick step, beat a defender, go over the middle, and then take it to the house. What are his weaknesses? And then with Waddle, he didn't play last I've year. Heard him, yeah. I've heard him. I've mean, heard him. That's the only thing I'm not, hearing. He's not that tall. I've heard him compared to Tyreek Hill. So who do you yep. like, Michael Thomas? You like Tyreek Hill? I mean, I, I, you, you can make a solid argument for both. I would say that the top end destroy the other team on a consistent basis and account for him on every aspect, every facet of the field, that's a Tyreek Hill thing. And I think Waddle's even – I mean, I think Waddle's a little bit bigger than Tyreek Hill, too. A little too. bit bigger, certainly. Where would the Texans be picking if Deshaun Watson had been traded? They'd be picking somewhere in the top ten, we believe, correct? Well, I'm guessing Landry's going to say Miami. So they'd be picking either well, three or six. Three or two or six, somewhere in that range. Yeah. Do you think the Jets entertained it enough? Or oh, yeah, I think it, so. Yeah, to me, it feels like they fell in love with selecting someone pretty. But early I think in the they process. would have. I think they would have considered it. Yes, I, I do. So we would be so wanting Waddle and Hill are the same size, by the way. So the, the, the Texans bigger. would be if they traded Watson before the lawsuits, they'd be picking either two or three. Or well, if, I think uh, it would be Miami. I think it would be the so three. three. Yeah, they'd have and, three, and, and then 
yeah. and then and then other first round pick. So yeah. then, then it, it kind so of circles be, back to the same conversation. We'd be saying, "Who's your quarterback? If you're if you're at three, you're the yeah. Texans. Nobody. You traded Watson. Nobody. You would not pick quarterback. No, hell That's no, crazy. hell no, absolutely not. I, I then so, why then why is San Francisco? Taking can I can I enter in an equation? Can I enter in a conversation? Yes. Uh, I would take Lance. I would Fields. not. I would not take a quarterback at three. Didn't Lance I, just say that? I but no, he okay. said he wouldn't take a quarterback. Okay, I said I would not oh, you take would a quarterback. Down for one? I would, I would, I would play roulette. I'd play Russian roulette with the NFL. Jesus, Russian roulette. And I would try to that see. That sounds like a dangerous plan. I would try to see if one of those quarterbacks fell to me in whatever spot I end up trading out of three. I think that's too risky. I, I think my my but, stance makes but, more sense. But here's here. But we're gonna finish the top ten selections of the first round, and we're gonna say. That nobody took a massive risk for the most part. If we, if we believe that it's going to be three quarterbacks and those teams needed to pick a quarterback, and we believe it's going to be two offensive tackles, yeah. and when those teams need to take two offensive tackles, and we believe it's going to be Pitts and a couple of wide receivers, we're going to sit here and say all those teams made a smart selection. Now, five years from now, half those guys aren't going to be any good, and we're going to be super critical of that, but we're going to finish the top ten saying – those teams all made a smart selection because all those players seem to be really good. If I move back out of three into the top ten, you're, and I add more capital because I've got, I've got a backlog that I've got to make up Let's for. Let's just give you the Dolphins deal. Let's just give you the Dolphins deal that they got from San Fran. There's going to be a quarterback at six. There is. So then yeah, there will be a quarterback at six. Yeah, I agree. Who? Yes. Yeah. Well, I doesn't well, matter. Take that guy. Fields or Lance will Jesus. be there at six, right? Fields or Lance will be there at six. What is this? Just take this guy with the quarterback position that we've. Well, really I, if developed. I, if, if you're, I, you're selling for the third best, you don't the, even you don't even know who you like. Here's yeah, here. I, I would say between Fields and Lance, pick one. Oh, let's flip a coin. No, no, no. I say evaluate and pick one. It's really simple because those guys. How often does the third guy? Does the third guy? That doesn't matter to me. That doesn't matter at all to me. But this, but but it's it's a mindset to me because it's a a mindset. mindset. Yes, because teams just want a quarterback, so they just settle for that third guy. Listen again. If if the Texans in this hypothetical universe didn't like. Trey Lance or Justin Fields. I'm not advocating they take one, but what I'm saying is I would take one because right now I think they're better prospects than what you would get next year. So my take is evaluate them and pick one or the other. But what if they all stink? In that case, you don't have to pick one. You could make the argument that regardless of taking a quarterback, I mean, the, the last thing you want to find yourself in is a Cardinal situation where you take a quarterback in the first round and then you're picking number one overall with some quarterbacks. To I, but I thought they handled I, that perfect. I'm I thought they handled that, that perfect. Actually. But, uh, how many times is that going to actually work, though? Like, how many times are you going to find yourself in that scenario where it syncs up perfectly? Like, you would... Re- if you ask the Cardinals, hey, would you rather have whatever you spent on Rosen or a different player and still have Kyler, they'd take the other player. It's like, the quarterback hunger that Landry is critical of, I've been very critical of it, too. But I'm fine with following the trend in the NFL on this one because it's quarterback and you just have to drafting quarterbacks. You, you have to make irrational decisions about I the mean, quarterback. The Jets just took a quarterback third overall three years ago. They're picking another one second on Thursday nights. And you just kind of keep rolling. Oh, yeah, and doing just be it. like the Jets. See, see, that's, that's, like, that's, that's what I'm, I'm saying. Not saying, I'm, not saying like gonna, I'm not saying it's going to work. I'm saying it's now happening more often. And I think what the Jets are doing is going to happen more often moving forward. If you, if you had, if you did not love these quarterbacks, it would stand to reason that you would not draft one. Yes. Even though that's the trendy thing to do, which is draft the quarterback. Yep. And just hope that you suck really bad and you get the first choice of the guys next year. And it is less risky. I will say, and maybe I'm just kind of blending years in, but back when quarterbacks were getting the deals, like the Jamarcus Russell deal, I think was the last one, it was a lot more risky to do it. So, I mean, it is easier to move on from like the Cardinals did, but... Exactly. I just, I, I just don't know about but, but, the third, like Lance or... Fields or all this. But part of my part of my thought process is I was here every week in 2014, 15. 16. I, I know sixteen doesn't count as much because they had yeah, messed so much counts. in Brock, but it kind of uh, counts. But but like you got to keep in mind, like I was here Landry for three years, like every single day in it. Where like especially fourteen and fifteen, we'd be sitting there, we're like. These guys have one of the best players in the history of the league, and we're just sitting here with like you know Brian Hoyer, Mallet, Ryan Fitzgerald. Like it was, it was does brutal. It, well, so does this, it not kind so, of scare you with this coaching staff though? Try having to develop a young guy. Of course, yes, I wouldn't have this coach. Yes, of so, course, yes. So <laughs> this, absolutely, Mike, you brought up a great question. The best player on the Houston Texans when Brian Hoyer and Brock Osweiler and those guys were the quarterback was JJ Watt. I ask you this just very simply: Who's the best player on the Houston Texans right now? Laramie Tunsil. 
Does he provide the absolute most value for the Texans Is he? for what he does? Well, at this point, no, probably not. Because what what's what's the immense value in a in a in a left tackle who's awesome in pass protection, not great in run blocking for a team that's not very good, right? Yeah, I mean that's if if the left tackle is the unquestioned best player on your team, you're not a very good football team. Of course. Well, yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, you're not uh, a very unless, good football team uh, unless it's some a really special circumstance w- with this team. Yes, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm fine who's with in that. the conversation? Unless he's just it's, unless he's just so great. It's, like unless it's like you know Walter even, Jones or Jonathan Ogden. Even then, the, the, his impact is limited. Yeah, it's more limited, of course, without a quarterback. Yeah. Who's who's the second best player? Brandon Cooks, Cunningham. Yeah, Cunningham. So inside linebacker, those guys are really useful these days. So what I'm getting at here is... Yeah, what are you getting at? What I'm getting at here is <laughs> what you're talking about being unsettled at quarterback, not knowing who the guy is, yep. and just wanting to know who the guy is for the next few years. It's not like 2014, 2015, 2016, it's not when they had like a bunch it. of really good football players on yeah. those teams. I mean, that's When thing. Whitney Merciless was one of the better second yeah. pass rush options in the NFL. The, the now he's one of the biggest albatrosses in the yes. NFL. With I, I think with Deshaun Watson Big in 14, 15, 16, I think they could have won a Super Bowl. <laughs> like, like That's the level sure. of roster I think they had those years, honestly. So I agree. My, my The only reason I reference those years is more to say just like the emotional toll it takes on a fan base where it's like you're in this rebuild and it's like you're just kind of like passing the buck and there's no real just, hope at quarterback i don't see how the buck gets passed past 2022 i think i think realistically you, right. i think i think the most realistic scenario that we are facing in front of us is the texans trade deshaun watson at some point in the next like six months they're really bad they pick a quarterback high in 2022 and then we kind of like move forward that, that's I mean, the most that's the most like starting outcome. starting in the season of 2022 you're going to know who the quarterback is for the football team for the next, what is it, 40, 40 or 51 games? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. 17 times 351? The, the odds, yes. Yeah. You know, you know yeah. who the starter is for the next 51 games yep. going into the 2022 season. It's likely a draft pick from the 2022 draft class. Yes. So That's the most likely outcome. That's why I would be less – I mean, I, I understand your need for a quarterback if you think one of these guys is really good. I don't happen to think that. I don't happen to think any of these guys past Lawrence are really good. Wilson's fine. You know, but I'd rather have some I mean, of the other I, I, quarterbacks. I think, that have I think been Lance is, is a very interesting prospect. He didn't throw an interception two years ago. So, I mean, he's 20. He'll turn 21 in a month. He, everyone says he's a super smart guy. He's got I mean, the body of like a tight end. It's he can like 6 a, a football playing 4A football most of the time when he's on the field. Tw- 25 touchdowns and no interceptions with 1,000 or whatever it was rushing yards is. I, I don't give a. I don't I mean, give that, a shit. doing that in 2A. What, what's the, okay, that's how you end up with what's his face at Texas. Or was he bad in Cole high McCoy? school? Colt McCoy, yeah, no, he's good. No, uh, Tyrone Swoops. Yeah, the Swoops, the guy that was he bad in high school or was he really good in high school? They never made the playoffs. <laughs> That's not good. It's pretty easy to make the playoffs in Texas high school football. That's a fair point. So, as much as we have fun with the hypotheticals, the reality is the Texans are going to wait sixty six selections, sixty seven overall first pick, and then they're going to make their first selection in this draft. Yep. Full circle, baby. Is there anything? That Nick Casario, because he's the one making this decision. Yep. Is there anything Nick Casario could do at 67 that would infuriate you? Infuriate? No. Uh, no. Probably not infuriate me. No. Well, the only one it would be if like... If he took a tackle at 67, I'm, I'm screaming. If, if Rivers McCown put a, put a hypothetical of like, if Casario took somebody who was considered a consensus like six rounds... I, I don't understand where Rivers pulls this negative <laughs> shit out of his ass all of a sudden. Like, I mean, I, I get the niche and I respect the niche and it's good archiving and it's a good resource, but I, I don't understand where... And I, I'm all about being cynical and stuff, but I, I don't understand where he pulls this hypothetical, cynical shit my, out of his my, ass. My sometimes. counter would be this. That just I mean, who... who what, just what, what, kind of, what are you giving on. me there? My like, ca- go, go get a video or something like that. Like, you're sitting there saying, well, well yeah, you well, know, what could Nick Casario do that would suck well you know if in the first round they took someone who was a consensus fourth rounder that would infuriate me that of just course man yeah i mean <laughs> that, i mean what are you giving me man what, what god what he put together as the hypothetical doesn't happen 
I don't think it's going to happen. I, I, I don't think, no, it, no, I don't think not, it's not, on the board. Not, I don't think it's going to happen. It just doesn't happen in the National Football League. Yeah, I mean, when I think about the Texans, I, I know it's Christ, a new regime. Man. But when I think about their... He doesn't even have the guts to ask a question when he goes to a press conference and wants to sit here with all this junk. Man, get the hell out of here with that. When I, when I think about the Texans' selections in the third round, like they're usually not taking players who are like way off the board. Like They're, they're taking players who you're like, okay, I've heard of these guys. They're on some sort of best player available list. Like It's not like they're taking guys just completely out of nowhere most of the time. Right. Well, so, but here's the thing: I don't care about anything they've done in the past. We have a whole new reference point. No, I, I get that. I just we, we I, have I a whole can't. New, we have a whole new. We, we are starting a reference point. Yes. That gets an unbelievable amount of benefit of the doubt. Does it? Why? Why would you? Why would you judge Nick Casario on Friday night off of a selection that he makes Friday night? Well, I'm not going to judge him because it's such a tough spot to be in. But I don't really – I'm not going into this thinking like, hey, I'm just going to give Nick the benefit of that with what he does. I'm going to be skeptical. Hasn't he earned while. it though? By doing what? Existing? But You know what? Yes, because he's a real general manager. And the team hasn't had a real general manager. I agree. He's a real so GM. a real general manager earns the benefit of the doubt because the last one was a bumbling idiot that ruined the franchise. So yes, whoever it was, I don't care if it was Khan. I don't care if it was uh, Fitterer. I don't care if it was the, the schmucks from Seattle that they interviewed. Whatever. That guy would have total, unstoppable benefit of the doubt from me. I'll go real cautious in my mind, slight benefit of the doubt. I, I want to see who the player is. I want to see the position, obviously. I think this is a really, really potentially long rebuild. I think it's so screwed up. It's a long rebuild. So I trust Casario. I just don't really know how to measure it at this point. Like, and if you, but, but, Especially this year. I don't want to call it like a gap year, but this is almost like a man. <laughs> to, to, to put it in you know, kind of like a, an analogy here, Nick Casario's building a house from scratch. He cannot lay the foundation for this house. No. Okay? So he's going to have to... Unless he gets lucky. So he's going to have to go shopping for stuff that you would put on the house after the foundation and the framing's put together. Yeah. So get it like a nice clawfoot tub. You know? Just something that really elevates the bathroom. Or get like a really nice oven stove combo. Something that really pops in the kitchen. (laughs) You're not you're not getting star players. But you can get anything out of this draft. But you can literally get anything. Get There's anything. no such thing as a pressing need. You can go get shutters. There's no such for thing. The, yeah. You can get shutters for the well, windows. Well, no, you, you, you can right. you can stock up at Sam's. Like you you can go you can go stock up at Sam's or uh, what's that big ass furniture place called that has the meatballs on uh, IKEA. Thing. IKEA. You go to IKEA and just get stuff you don't even need you and put it in the attic. A really nice grill for the outside you, patio. Uh, you could already have a grill and get another one. Like you you don't have That's to draft point. anything. You can do whatever you can just have backups at this point like a five-star player at a position that you don't think is one of your biggest needs at this point is more valuable than getting like a three-star guy and i'm using college references at maybe somewhere where you think you need more because there's there's no there's no urgency to win so in the third round he could go there and say oh okay i like this running back let's go let's roll the dice let's get it like you 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 can do anything if you're nick casario i want to point out something that aaron reese pointed out on the athletic the, the numbers are interesting. Because he does a good job. He man. does. He does he, a he, job. He, he's, he, as far as information, so, that's the best there is. The, the off-season limit's 90 players. They've got 78. Right now, they've got eight selections. So technically, that would be – that's 12 spots. So like eight plus four undrafted. That seems like it's pretty uh, – that's pretty small. Now, obviously, not all 78 are going to make it, uh, but like you can't, they can't go over the 90. Like they, they would have to release players to go to add more spots. So I'm I, curious how the math works. I out. would assume that there's 10 guys that can easily be moved if they feel like they have a young guy. Okay. That I mean, I, I'm not I'm worried about. about I'm not worried about those numbers necessarily now. But what I do think Aaron talked about one of his pieces was how often can Nick Casario entertain a conversation where okay, like. We're at the top part of the third round. Somebody's 20 selections behind us feels like they have to have this player. Yes. Can we garner an additional selection down the road? For instance, if someone's in the back part of the third and they're you know, 20, 25 spots away from us, can we get their third next year for them to move up and we get this third this year and their third next year? Or their yes. fourth? You, just add, you start to stack and build assets down the road because... If you have a small young guy crew, you know, small rookie crew this year, 
you're going to have a bigger one next year because a lot of these veterans are you're going to realize cycle out. Yeah, they're going to cycle out. You replace them with young guys. What what is uh, what is success for Nick Casario in the 2021 NFL draft? Oh, it, it, draft or season? No draft. Draft. Can, this draft class. Can I enter in that we won't know the answer for a couple of years? Well, that's a given. Yes, I, I agree. Yes, that, that will we won't. Three know for guys a years. strongly on the two deep. Boy, that's a real success. Three guys, three guys strongly on the two deep. Did, I was going to say two. So, so my my question would be: How often was that recently achieved by Texans general managers? Well, you would have to go and look at, and you would have to start in round three, and we can go through it and, and figure it out. Because right? I mean, Brian Game made three selections in the third round. Two of those guys, yeah, are just. I mean, they were fine. And then Justin Reed's a nice player. Justin Reed's a Aikens starter. was on the two deep. Akins is on the two so deep. Was, so was Reed. Martinez Rankin. So let's, let's not say, even on the team anymore. Yeah. So but he draft, did start. Remember, yeah. remember the Martinez Rankin left tackle experiment. What a Meltz? disaster! I mean, honestly, if you think about it, the 2018 class, like Reed, Rankin, Akins, QC, Edge of Four, Thomas Columbay, and Jermaine Kelly. I would honestly, take it. Like, I, I would take that. Yeah, I would, I take, would take it. Now, in hindsight, it yeah. sucks because you look at Baltimore and you say they got Orlando, Orlando Brown, Brown, they yep. got Mark Andrews, but that's hindsight. But yes. if you told me you don't have a first and second round pick and that and that's what you got, I would take it. And furthermore, I think I, don't, I think QT could have could be even could have been even better during that time than he was. But for some reason, Bob had yes uh, issue with him. I mean, it's worth noting too that just because those players, you know, we're looking back four years now. I mean, Martinez Rankin was in the mix as a player. I know he didn't end up being, but like he's an he was an option for a while. These players were. I mean, you I, did flip him for a guy that had a thousand yards. Correct. That's correct. the value you got from him. And so, just find people that are an option for you within the next two years, either this season or next season. They have to be an option for you. They may not eventually turn... You just can't have a guy walk in that's just not any good and you see it from the first like if you have Like the fifth-round pick last year from the college I've never heard of that plays wide receiver. And he Rhode wasn't Island? A, he wasn't a factor. You haven't heard of Rhode Island? No Isaiah factor Coulter. You haven't you, heard you, of Rhode Island? You, did you know Rhode Island University existed? Yes, Yeah, absolutely. Lamar Odom, Katina yeah. Mobley. Yeah, they had a great Lamar backcourt. Lamar Odom, Katina Mobley were good. Jimmy Those guys Geek? play football? Uh, what's Do you know name? they had a football program? What's their mascot? That I didn't know. Shut the, up. The Rams. I think it's the Rams. I don't know. I think it's the Rams. <laughs> Who, uh, uh, Jim it's Harry like, coached it's like, there. It's like, tell me, some good, tell me some good Duke players. You start naming guys who played under Coach K. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard of Rhode Island football. But you've heard of the you, – you would think that – I've heard of the, I've heard of the state. Yeah. You I know think, the state exists. So you, wouldn't you think the state had a, had a university? <laughs> wouldn't you think that? How would I think that Rhode Island University is has a football team? I don't know. Here's what I'm saying. The guy's a non-factor. Every wide receiver got hurt and didn't play isn't or got suspended. And, isn't he tall and fast? Okay. No. All right. No? He wasn't he's, a not, factor. he's not that tall. Okay. You've got to be an option. He's you gotta tall be a compared factor. to their receivers. You've got to be an option. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I agree. Just, you got to be an option. Just get a get some guys that are an option within the next two years. I, I would say if after the year, let's say after the year, if if there's like eight guys that you want back on the two deep, that then and then I think it's been a successful offseason. I mean, I mean, you're just trying to find guys that. that I think if they can find around. two two real keepers, that would be a success. I'm talking about like in the whole offseason. <laughs> No, okay. but in the draft, yeah, the keepers. Yeah. So you're saying eight in the whole offseason. Yeah, okay. Casario did actually, and, and I, I don't, I don't really like to use Casario as a reference um, for uh, drafting in New England because I think New England is was a different situation. I think it's just a lot different drafting there with Belichick making the calls and with you really only having a couple needs uh, a year. But they did have a pretty good third round a few years ago. They got Brissett. Uh, in the third round, uh, and they got. I'm trying to remember who else they got in that same third round. It was it was a pretty good pick, uh, a very strong third round pick. But that that was the best third round that New England had had. All right, so this would be in 20. It's tough because 17. It's tough. Joe Tooney is the other guy they got. Tooney, yeah, I mean one of the best guards in the league. Yep. We we don't know what. Also got Camus Grugier Hill that year. <laughs> current Texan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's 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 move on. <laughs> I, I do have a thought on that though. I, I'm actually on, not not on only Hill, or, not on Hill. Oh, you want to? That didn't make the rundown. Go ahead, give it no, to me. No. no, give me give me the my, give me the Hill Hill take. That I don't you have got a take here. on him. I got to hear this. Go ahead. I have no take on him. My my take was obviously we're very curious who they're going to select. I am very curious, like what kind of background and profile are they going to be a team that's going to dr- oh, be drafting God. like leaders, team captains, Bill O'Brien, those kind of guys lived for the Senior Bowl. Yeah. 
lived for it. He like, drafted so many. He, that's he how wanted, Titus Howard ended up being that pick. He wanted so many Senior Bowl guys. Yep. He lived for it. Yep. So, so is, the, is this staff going to be similar? That's a good. That's a good point. Yeah, I'm right? curious. Like, are they going to draft guys where you're like, oh, this guy's more raw, but it's a higher upside? Is it more of a safe selection? I, I don't like, think Casario is going to be that. Uh, did you hear the Nick uh, the Nick Saban yeah but quote? Yes. Um, I I, it, it's funny because Bill O'Brien kind of had the 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 butt as well, and 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 just to pull back the curtain, it was basically like this guy's a badass prospect, and he's a great dude, blah blah blah, uh, and then that's the end, and then this guy's a great prospect, but he did this, 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 and he has problems, and he's late, blah blah blah. I feel like Nick uh, Bill O'Brien had the same mentality, but it was it was basically yeah, this guy's a great guy, yeah, he's a Boy Scout, yeah, he was a team captain for three years, uh, yeah, he was on the honor roll, but he's not very fast he's not very strong he's not very good uh and he's not an overall yeah, he good like football reversed player. it basically yeah o'brien's butt was about the football talent yeah. not <laughs> off the field yes yeah. exactly it's a great point but yeah they they just there were so many players that the texans when bill o'brien was in control or had heavy, heavy influence there were just so many players that did not seem like they were the most talented player that they Texans realistically could bring in in that moment. They're just they just added so many of those guys to this roster that it's put you in the position where you have to sign 40 actual NFL players in free agency or whatever the number was. I'm still not thrilled with the uh, free agency. I, I still feel like they brought in too many guys. Uh, I don't. Lo- I, I don't think they brought enough high upside players. Guys I'm worried who- about the undrafted rookies because they can only bring in four right now. I, I I just hope that if there's an undrafted rookie that wants yeah. to be here, that Dante Moncrief or something like that doesn't stop you well, from that, bringing them in. That's Cody's point. That if they, I guess uh, ideally, yes, they should defer to the side of if they want to bring in an undrafted guy, then cut some of the excess scrap at the end of the roster. It would be more worthwhile for you to get a dollar scratcher of an undrafted free agent than <laughs> let Dante, Dante Moncrief. Moncrief walk into the building. How yes. telling is it that the only the only guy who got like a three-year or more deal is the punter? Yeah, so that's right. I, I, I was, you know, competition is this this big word that, that everybody always says. Talking about working hard, talking about competition, that's just such base-level BS sometimes. Okay, everybody works hard. To get to the NFL, every one of those guys works hard to an extent. Okay, do some guys work harder? Certainly. Yeah, certainly they do. Everybody has competition. There were, I mean, Chad Hansen was here last year trying to take reps from whoever at wide receiver. Okay, everybody has competition. I feel like for the first time in a couple of years, I believe that competition actually exists for some of these spots. Zach Fulton went unchallenged last year. There was not competition for Zach Fulton. They did not push some of the players under Bill O'Brien and under his regime when he was in charge. I do believe, even if some of these guys are veterans from other teams who are making you know three million, two million, whatever, I do believe that competition is actually real and exists on this team, and that when you see the fifty-three man, and then when you see the active game day roster, you are legitimately getting the best players in the interest of the football team, not the coach speak BS that Bill O'Brien tried to present and then sat Kiki QT's ass on the bench every week when he could have been contributing. I agree with that. And part of it obviously is that there are very few stars on this team as everybody knows, but yes, given the way the roster is the way it is, there should be a lot more competition, which was something that was lacking with some of like the, the guys that O'Brien sort of like picked and chose. So yes, I, I think that is something that should change from the previous regime to this regime. I agree. There's only two quarterbacks on the roster. Do you want them to get one? Obviously, I'm care. leaving Deshaun Watson out of the equation. I don't equation. care. Uh, there's been a lot of talk on that. I, I'm <sighs> The Stanford kid? That only he, played he, twelve games. He would he would intrigue me. I just supposedly I don't, New England loves him. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know what that means. I, I'll put it this way: going into this draft, I, I feel like they're going to be picking so high next year it won't matter. So I'm going to lean towards not taking a quarterback. Having said that, like most things, if they do take one, I'll kind of talk myself into it as like uh, sort of like a roulette chip. At Who the Kyle position. Trask or something? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I would I would like talk myself into it. Be like, all right, I guess they took a shot at somebody and see what happens. Shane, I'm just Shane, telling you where Shane I'd be Bouchelle on Sunday. Shane Bouchelle in the sixth, baby. 
Oh my God! Both of Landry's quarterbacks are in this draft. That's kind of hey. That, that, that's an under the radar localized grudge match, by the way. Who goes first, Bouchelle or Ellinger? They got <laughs> yeah. they, they got the competition from the from the back in the day. That's that that's an under that's an under the radar. Nobody's talking about for a reason. Grudge match. I'd rather both those guys be my quarterback than Kellen Mond. Really. You're that that on Mond. Um, it, it ain't there. It ain't there. It ain't there. Fair enough. I'd be happy to eat the crow, but it ain't there. <laughs> it's trying it is, to be. It is trying to be created very it, it, hardly. It is weird that some of these draft guys, like uh, I don't know if Chris Sims is really considered that, but like some of these NFL guys during the draft, they'll like have all these revolutionary t- takes on these quarterbacks. And I'm like, wait, is this the same guy that I watched in college? Like you're is now this telling, same guy I've been watching three years. <laughs> you're not telling me this guy's some like big time guy. <laughs> Like, what was I watching it's, on Saturday? It's it's see I, I understand the quarterbacks are the story a lot of times. And yep. We're gonna get we're gonna see three in the first three picks, and then we're gonna see potentially five in the first you know, twelve or whatever. So, yep. you know stuff like that. Five in the first round, first time. You know, so we're gonna see wow. that. All right, I understand that, but Uber makes sense, and then so does Lyft. Trying to pump up Kellen Mond is like somebody who's not Dude, in Silicon Valley bro, talking about their ride share. Cody. Yeah. The, the, come on. Cody, I, I have uh, – my family is loaded with Aggies. I have more friends. I think Texas A&M is the school where most of my friends that watch college football went. None of them were high on Kellen Mond before this year, and, and, and most of them still aren't. But for some reason, these media types after the one good season are all of a sudden talking about him potentially being a first-rounder or early second. That doesn't make any sense to me. That really doesn't, that really doesn't I, make any sense to me. I've never seen anything like it. Oh, well, well, Florida, you, you fucking lose the game if the guy holds on to the football. Yes. It's not like they punched it in for six. They kicked the field goal to win the motherfucker. Yeah, that's 100% right. Trask outplayed him. Every step of the way. You know how many times they didn't score against that vaunted Aggies defense? Twice. It, a me, fumble this, and a punt. It does remind me of when, uh, where I went to school, uh, Syracuse, when like Ryan Nassib back in like 13 or 14 was being tatted. I was like, oh, he could go late in the first round. And I'm like, what? Like, what, what it, are we talking about here? It's, it, it's not even a knock on Jimbo because if, if, if my college coach is maximizing guys to where people are high on them in the draft, I don't care what happens afterwards. But like, it does seem like there are a lot of Jimbo Fisher guys outside of Jameis Winston that people just talk themselves into for whatever reason. It might say a lot about how he develops him, but a lot of times quarterbacks that you don't see like even potentially being drafted in the old non-traditional day one where it was like the first three rounds or whatever like all of a sudden they're like top 10 picks Jamarcus Russell like Jamarcus Russell uh, th- 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 going into his final year at LSU we, uh, no one, we weren't sitting there saying damn you know that's gonna be the number one overall pick but all of a sudden he's the number one overall pick Christian Ponder all Jimbo did was cuss him out on the sidelines EJ Manuel did you watch EJ Manuel and say that guy's a first like for some reason people talk themselves into Jimbo Fisher quarterbacks and I think it's more of a compliment on him I don't think it's a knock think, if I'm think, going think, to college football that's I all I need. It, it I behooves Jimbo only... Fisher to have these guys play well and get drafted high. Yeah, but it, w- w- their results in the NFL it doesn't matter to his dr- his job. Is Mike only... about to defend the honor of Christian Ponder? No, I would only take Jamarcus Russell out of that just because Jamarcus. He is did such, have a. He was such an immense physical talent that I would that I don't think that Ponder. He weighed two ninety, bro. Yeah, I watched him play at LSU. Yeah. Beat Notre but, Dame in that uh, Sugar Bowl. Yeah, but I mean, he was a good college quarterback with immense physical gifts, which is what led to number one. I, I think. But Jamarcus before is, his final year, we didn't sit there and say that. And although there well, are examples he was like a Burrow big coming out of high school, he Dude. was he was very hyped. Underrated. Nobody's number talking one about. overall pick. No, a little. And this is a while back here. A little. Nobody's talking about, and then yes. we get to questions. First time since Jadavian Clowney, and only the second time ever. That the former number one over high school recruit goes number one in the NFL draft, Trevor Lawrence. That's right. Yeah. Really? Clowney was the only other one. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. What a scenario. Wait. Kyler Murray wasn't the number one recruit in the nation? No. You're positive. I'm positive. Okay. Fact check me. I got to look at some of these, like, overall, the top... Like I guess I'm on twenty four seven. How they do this? What the hell? Cody wants to be fact checked. Fact checked me. He wants to so bad. No, I, I absolutely. I trust Cody. Implicitly no, I trust on this, him on, on this. this. He is a Heisman voter. You, 
Put your Heisman vote on it. No, I don't. I, I don't gamble with my Heisman vote, and I don't gamble on the Heisman. Yeah, Kyler was uh, fifth at his position. Thank you. He's fifth at his position. Yeah. yeah. So he wasn't even I mean, size discrimination. He potentially wasn't even a top ten player. He never lost a game in Texas. Size discrimination. That's fine. People thought he was going to go play baseball. Yeah, and I wasn't as high on him either. Uh, question uh, from the text: Whenever you uh, mount a TV, uh, this is from Jake Asman. Um, <laughs> Where do the wires go? <laughs> where do they go? It's an interesting question. I'm considering. I'm moving uh, this weekend. And I'm considering. Uh, I'm considering that. I think I'll. I'll think I'll do it at some point. Fan wants to know: Could Titus Howard be the next Chester Pitts? I like Chester. I think you know he, listen, he's a nice Chester, guy. But Chester that was great. random I, as hell. That was random as hell. The Titus also has more upside. Thankfully, uh, we, we really should have been talking about. Titus Howard and Max Sharping being Charles Spencer and Eric Winston. They should have they should have been the bookends. They should have been. Absolutely. Why are you already yes. out on Sharping? You're so out on him. Well, again, oh, remember, Cody hates guys who disappoint. Start out good yeah. and then disappoint you too. Yes. Uh, Spillane asked a question. What's more likely, Deshaun Watson refuses to report to training camp or the Texans don't allow him to report? Well, I don't know. The, the latter. I don't know that they can just not allow him to report without some kind of... They like, can say, we'll pay you. Well, they could say that. They could I, say, we'll pay you, but, but stay away. But I think there needs... Yeah, I, I feel like there would need to be some sort of he, like suspension. If he, if he refuses to report, that's great for them because they don't have to pay him. Fair. I mean, that's, that's, like, that is the best case scenario for the Texans. Our guy... Because uh, it is nearly impossible on a non-rookie contract to hold out... The only two people that can really accomplish it are rookies and players who yet to sign the franchise tag. Coach Middle Screen brings up a good discussion, and we actually brought this up. Could the market next year actually be deeper for Deshaun Watson than this year? And that's assuming that there's no criminal charges, assuming that the suspension gets put behind him, uh, and assuming he settles this case. He says that he could see the next year, realistically, in the market for Deshaun Watson. He could see the Washington football team, the Giants, the Eagles, the Bears, the Lions, the Vikings, Carolina, New Orleans. Orleans, Miami, Pittsburgh, Denver, and Oakland all in the market. He means Las Vegas. I uh, do that too. All in the market for a QB next offseason. Yep. I do think that there's going to be a heavier market, and I think there's going to be a more desperate market. I think the team to look out for, uh, and I, it, next year that's going to set the, set the market and set a very high deal, assuming that it's behind him, Las Vegas. The, if the Raiders have another bad year with Gruden and Mayock, with the new stadium and everything, with Herbert in Los Angeles and with Mahomes in Kansas City, another year without getting a quarterback, they will, they, they will offer a lot for Deshaun Watson. I think that's fair, and I just want to get out ahead of this. Like, uh, As long as the Texans do not trade Deshaun Watson in the next like couple of days, which I think will not be the case, then before all the ridiculous opinions that I'm sure will be started to float out that are starting like Sunday, the Texans have every incentive to let this linger as long as humanly possible. I think Denver trading for Bridgewater, and people are saying they might still draft a quarterback. I find that hard to believe. I think that could be a smokescreen. But I think Denver going with the stopgap, Bridgewater, lock competition, uh, I think that I think this was going to be a team that was going to be aggressive for Deshaun Watson. I think yeah, 2022 will be, will be right yeah, in the, the mix with the Raiders. I think you're going to have two division titles competing against each other. The, yeah. the, Our teams, I the, should say. The annoying aspect of this was this year it's set up that two teams had multiple first-round picks yep. in this year's draft, yep. and they potentially would have been interested in Deshaun Watson. That's what's lost because, I mean, off the top of my head, I'm looking at this list. It's not like a lot of these teams have an additional first-round pick. There are some. I mean, is Miami going to have an ad- – no, their first-round picks are gone. No, they, they have, have, they they have, have one have, extra. No, 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 but they'll have the one extra the following year because they use the extra pick to move up to six. I'm saying one extra total, like in oh, the yeah, next totally, three. Yeah, in the next yeah, three. Yeah, so they total. can trade four in the next three. Yeah, so there's not – I mean, Carolina uh, – uh, Lions again, have extra. Lions have an extra. Some of these teams could be moving around, obviously, and add additional picks down the road. Detroit at seven could be falling down in the first round, adding additional picks down the road to then maybe pursue or at least think about getting Deshaun Watson. That's a great point. I like that. It's a good tweet. Yeah, I, I, think, the, I think the market's going to uh, go into increase. Because let's – Honest Abe, what was the legit market this year? It was it was Jets at two, Miami at three, San Francisco, Denver, Carolina, Denver, Denver at nine, Carolina at eight. Things like five teams, and San Francisco, but they were a little bit on the outs because they had they, their pick was not as good. Yes, so about five teams, about five teams. Yeah. If you have if you have seven teams next year, 
that at least have to think about it, you're in a great spot. Yeah, there's going to be a lot, man. I, mean, I, I do want to make it clear, like, I would try to make it work with Deshaun. That's what I would do if I was running things. Can't but, trust him. But I know Cody's on that. What It is interesting, though, like, what, what he would want, because my scenario for my team is I would drag it drag it out as long as possible. I wonder what, like, would he be okay with just kind of, like, sitting out for a year, and how would that be arranged? Post-June 1st, be- post you can still get the haul. Yeah, but the problem is I don't know who's picking. And only know, pay five mil. But I don't know who's picking. I, I don't care where they're picking. I, I don't care. If, if you're going to give me if you're going to give me a full draft, you're going to give me the three first rounders, you're going to give me so the four first rounders, chances. we'll go. The, we'll he, figure it out. Here's what I would say. Because I don't, I don't know that there's any really any quarterback to fall in I, love for. And if you're in a position where you can get homeboy out of Oregon, let's roll. I'll be thinking about my – if I'm the Texans. Without Lovey Smith, in please. A, in a Deshaun Watson trade scenario – I'll be thinking about using my selection that I currently own yep. on a quarterback, and then I'll start worrying about what those other selections have whenever. The draft next year, I'll say this. It's going to be a lot more fun leading up to it. It will be more interesting. It that, might that not be. True. Well, I don't know about interesting, but it's going to be more active, the draft itself. The draft, yeah, th- th- right? Th- this it draft be- has been super interesting, this one. Not uh, from a Texan standpoint. God, and, and the, you know, the, pro- the, the crazy thing with Miami is Miami's now in a position where they can just get a weapon for Watson. They could basically just tread water and just – Stock up and then give the Texans and, four first, whatever. I mean, the, the, they could get a weapon for Watson, still try to win this year, yep. and then decide if they want Deshaun Watson after. Yep. I, I'm, I'm absolutely cool with that idea. Yeah, I'm cool with that idea. Who, uh, this is just, when we, uh, I know Landry wants to get some Astros. Who kind of, contro- I don't care. I'm who okay. kind of controls the draft right now? Because we know what one, two, and three are going to be. All, they're all, so Atlanta. Sam Fran. So San Fran could do something crazy and just change everything. Yeah. But they're going to take a quarterback. That's what, what they will do. Yeah. So, so, so you're right, Atlanta. Atlanta. So They control the, the flow of how everything else is going to go because Atlanta can go quarterback or Kyle Pitts, and that's going to change everything with those next like five or selections. Or trade. Or Waddle. Or Chase. They're not going to take Jalen Waddle to four. Well, if they move Julio, they might. Why do you say it like that? That's the best player in the draft. No, it's not. Outside of Trevor Lawrence, that's the second best player in the draft. Kyle Pitts is the best player in the draft. Ky- Kyle Pitts Trevor is Lawrence. not as good as Jalen Waddle. I don't agree with that at all. He's not as good. I don't agree with that at all. Jalen Waddle was the best player in college football last year before he got hurt. I don't agree with that. What do you mean you don't agree with that? I think Jamar Chase is better. And I, but he didn't play I, college I said, football last year. I, I said this weekend. Yeah, that Jamar I Chase would take, decided to sit out. I said this weekend on Sirius XM that I would take Jalen Waddle over Devontae Smith, which I felt like was a little controversial. But no, I'm not, no, I'm not. That's taking, unanimous. I'm now. not. That's not unanimous. Now, I'm not who, taking, who has Smith over Waddle? I haven't seen anyone. I haven't seen anyone yet. Name one. I haven't seen. I haven't seen. I haven't seen one person from Alabama calling me complaining. I haven't seen one person with Waddle over Smith. Okay. Well, I or Smith over Waddle. I would not take Waddle that high. You know what? Yeah. Of, of of the crazy scenarios, the the the, the all shucks moments. I was telling this to Stutes. I could see Cincinnati taking Waddle. That would be fascinating. That would be fascinating. I could see Cincinnati because because they want to get a receiver. They want to get someone for Burrow. Well, I could be- see Cincinnati saying, "Let's go with Waddle." It wouldn't be out of this world. Whenever someone, whenever a receiver has an oh oh my gosh, it's usually someone who's really really fast and explosive. Yeah. Henry Ruggs going ahead of some of the players he went ahead of. Yes. Darius Hayward Bay, uh, John Ross. Like, it's yep. always like just an extremely explosive guy <laughs> people fall in love with. That would set up real nice for the Lions. They get chased. They'd be pretty happy with that. They have like one wide receiver on their roster. They're talking about tackles. Uh, I saw on, uh, I think it was Kos- uh, Kaharski and them ta- uh, talking about the irony of the Cincinnati Bengals and the, the two guys that most mock drafts have them going uh, going for. The irony that they're basically deciding between two guys who didn't want to play football last year. That does not bother me whatsoever. I, that actually annoyed so me. So why does that not bother you, but it bothers some NFL talent evaluators. I think they're wrong. Uh, Penny Sewell, I mean, the, the Pac-12 has no idea what the hell it's doing. And yeah, Sewell's I would have been like, scared me, to play if I were in the Pac-12, yeah, and, too. And, like, and as far as Jamar Chase, like, you, we have, what did Ellis, you play like 20 games in 2019? Like, they, they played a million games, they beat everybody. You can watch him play. He looked like a guy who wanted to play then. Uh, it was a mess of a season, like, I, I mean, does, does Jamar Chase but, want to play football? Yes, I think he was. By the football. way, LSU, it's not like he had Joe Burrow toss him to the rock. 
I mean, they had, they, they had quarterback carousel pretty much the whole season. Yes, and I'm sure that probably factored somewhat into somewhat into his uh, decision making. I, I would not. Yeah, I, that was a weird take to me. Like I, 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 I didn't see the foundation I, I of it. Cincinnati, I just, I just saw the headline. I, I didn't yeah. know if he was like critical of. I just, I, he was just talking about irony, just kind of a joke. I, I think Cincinnati is in an excellent spot. If I were them, I would just take Penny Sewell. Well, That's what and, I would and do. if you enter in Landry's wild card selection, it's two guys that didn't play football because they didn't want to, and one guy that couldn't because he was hurt. Yes. By the well, way, speaking of guys being hurt and playing football, Peter King. Peter King. Peter King. Landon Dickerson did not play in the national championship. <laughs> yeah, he okay. He took snaps uh, in yeah, garbage time. In garbage time after they had won the game. Yes. Peter King. Yeah. I, I get alerts now. You aren't the only ones who send me this now. I like uh, uh, my my old Cleveland buddies. Ken Carmen Lima now send me like an alert every time Peter King's columns coming out making fun of me. What what about Terrace Marshall? What do you make of this guy? He's so I mean he uh, he he's been, he's been there for a while. Like he's been productive at LSU for a while. I never really considered myself like how good of an NFL receiver he's he would be just because he was playing behind Chase and, and Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah. And he had Edwards Alaire. I I had him in fantasy for like a year. Look at so. that squad. I would uh I would say that there are going to be some really good football players that got pushed down the board because of the quarterback hunger and the depth of the wide receiver class and then Pitts being a good player. There's going to be some teams that are already good teams that pick at the back part of the first round that are going to get really good football players that are like big-time talents that turn yeah. into big-time players. And we're going to sit back here in three four years and be like, well, it's kind of stupid to let the Ravens end up with Rousseau because he's awesome. They all, he's that always happens. Those, those son of a guns getting another <laughs> late first-round pick is just like disgusts me because you know they're just going to hit on both of them. They're, I'm sure they will. They might trade for Julio, you said. If they traded one of those first for Julio. That's overpaying. Based on what he's making, I think it's an overpayment. Yeah, his crazy? contract's really bad. But what 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 options do the Ravens have? Do I want Julio although, or do although, I want Rashad Bateman? Although I'm saying, you know, I'm saying that, and I I just we just spent a year crushing O'Brien for trading Hopkins. But Hopkins, I think Hopkins was younger and he had been more durable. Yeah, Julio doesn't always. Play. You know where I think Julio could go? Jacksonville. They have two. They have extra first. They have he's an extra there, second. Right? They, they have. Well, he's from Alabama. Yeah. They have an extra second. Yeah. They have an extra fifth. Uh, Where did I come up with that? Florida was number two on his list. Florida was number two on Julio Jones's list. I think that's uh, why I came up with when that. Urban Meyer uh, recruited him. Um, they have a lot of money. All of their skill position guys are on their rookie deal. Uh, Robinson Lawrence will be on it. Colin Johnson, DJ Shark, Chenault. They're all on their rookie deal. Chenault's yeah, nice. They need some. Um, they need some. Uh, they might need another target. They also got Marvin Jones as well. Julio to Jacksonville could make sense. And by the way, I think they have like forty million ish in cap space. You want to you want to give and find out and make sure that your guy doesn't have any excuses right off the bat. How about the Indianapolis Colts trade for Julio? Yeah, yeah, I could see that. A little bit down in draft capital, but Pittman, not crazy. Julio, Ty, Ty, Zach Ertz, Paris Campbell coming back. Zach Ertz after he gets cut. And then they're running back. They're four-headed monster, three-headed monster running back. Yes. Yeah, Max coming back this year. They I'm got looking Taylor. forward to seeing the Colts play this year. Be yeah, it's intriguing. You, it got the, intriguing. you got the Wentz, and then you got you got Lawrence with the Jags. Tannehill. Did you know Tannehill accounts for like 17.5% of the Titans' salary cap this year? Makes they sense. signed a horrible contract with him. <laughs> By the way, if Sam Darnold is good in Carolina, should Adam Gase ever be allowed to no. like enter a football facility? No. I would say no. No. Like, he shouldn't be allowed to attend a high school game, right? No, like, no. <laughs> he, should, he should have to go be like a like a stockbroker or something. Yeah, basically. Like, he should not be uh, – he shouldn't be allowed to like work in football or actually attend any football events period because summer camps no what's he I, doing now did he get a gig i would I don't have no i would have been let's find out he's trying to get the alabama gig bob beat him out that tells you all you think all you need <laughs> to know nah, he, was try, he was trying to get the texas gig <laughs> the head coaching job that's no, what he's trying to get. it was not that did not if, happen it, it, <laughs> if i was bill o'brien and i had lost out to adam gase jackass to be the oc at alabama yeah i i probably would have gone mental <laughs> Okay, he's just going yeah. absolutely. The problem mental. is when these coaches get fired, they still get paid. Yeah, I, for yeah, he's, he's making Gase, he's making whatever he's making at Alabama, and then he's getting whatever the Texans still owe him on top of that. No, nah, I think that well, I, I think the, the difference. The, I think the, the, the difference. But, but what I mean is, if he was set to make five million with the Texans, he's making five million. The Texans may only be paying three and a half of. Yeah, yeah. Now Gase, paying this much. Or from whatever. what I can tell, Gase does not have a job at the moment. Well, well he shouldn't. Good. Yeah. Relax. Good. <laughs> yes. What's the potential for Christian Javier? 
I, I really don't know. I, I said this the other day. I tweeted it. The, the kid's got something, and it might be something special. I, I don't know how good he's going to be, but when you're 24 years old, uh, your ERA's what, 0.8 right now is his ERA. Uh, you're well, striking out eight straight guys to start games. Uh, he might be. This might be. I mean, this might be something really serious that we're watching right now develop with Javier. This is. It's the Astros are in a weird spot from a pitching standpoint in the upcoming years because you need a, a Javier. You need a an Urquidy. You need you need legitimately need one of those guys to pay off to a high degree because. You're not going to re-sign Zach Greinke, I don't anticipate. I don't no. anticipate Justin Verlander's coming back. And so Lance McCullers is going to be at the top, and then you need one of those young guys multiple, who, is, yeah. who is already up to be a really good other starter besides... Fromber coming back, too. If he puts together a Fromber-esque year... Like last year? Like last year, and then Fromber himself comes back... He might start out of the bullpen. You what, uh, what, are looking at a pretty nasty rotation. Let's be honest. Them sending Javier to the alternate alternate site a few weeks ago was a stupid move. Like that was just poor evaluation. Well, it of what seems. You had. It, well, it seems like it's worked out. Well, he seems to have reacted who, well. Who did, he seems to have reacted well you, to it. Who did you want him to start over? I would have gone. I just would have gone through the rotation and given guys extra rest. The, their logic was, "Hey, we're only going to need four because we have these." Look off how he days. responded. Maybe he needed a trip there to, to be able to go over. What was wrong with his first start? Well, he just threw over a hundred pitches. Maybe the alternate site. Wait, so so Mike is advocating for throwing off four guys from the routine and keeping one guy on his routine then throwing off one guy from his routine and keeping four guys on the routine. All I'm saying is, so Javier, before he went to the alternate side, had two starts. Now, he didn't go deep. He went three and two-thirds and five. But he he gave up uh, two earned runs in the first start and then none in the second. That was that opening day game, I think. uh, Opening day in Houston against uh, Nice. My thought, yeah, opening night. My thought is, like, if you have a five-man rotation, which they had at the time, and you had off days, you can just kind of keep it going. And so everybody's operating on an extra day rest, which I don't think is a big deal in a 162-game season when the last year was only a two-month season. Hey, I would have I would have gone with a six-man rotation to start the year. Yeah, I'm all though. about the six-man. Okay. Well, I just would have got – well, I, I'm saying I would have gone five and just given – and each guy would have an extra day, essentially. So, yeah, Javier, I mean, I, I give Jay Kaplan credit. He was the first guy last March yeah, to like, alert me about it. this. He, he was on, on this. It. And I, I know the kid's not very big. You know, he's six foot, 210 or so. He looks bigger than that. He, uh, that, you know, that changeup and like his, his pitches are, they're, they're interesting. He's clearly got something. Like, Especially you, the first time through the lineup. It's, yeah. it's crazy. And, you and, and, and that many swings and misses. And, he, and, the, and the thing is, he's, uh, I was a little bit, I don't want to say skeptical, but I was just open to uh, the possibility that rookies really benefited last year because they were facing guys earlier on. But he's starting to see guys mul- multiple times now, and he's still, still looking pretty good. I also like that Dusty's willing to let him keep going out there, too. Well, I don't know. Don't, don't encourage that too much because uh, <laughs> you can end up like Kerry Wood or Mark Pryor. By the way, I got to ask Meltz this question. Yeah. I understand this is part of the game. I understand it has to be discussed. You are going to tick me off with this answer, I can already tell. How do you feel about this expected batting average stat that I keep having to hear about every effing time Kyle Tucker comes to the plate? Well, I was actually wondering, and I asked Jake this, I texted him, I'm like, does the expected batting average account for the shift? Because obviously part of the reason why Kyle Tucker's success hasn't been what you expect based on like exit velocity is where those guys are standing. Yeah. Now, do I think Kyle Tucker has been unlucky? Yes. Uh, but I think part of it is because of the shift against the left-handed. And hitter. I like Tuck. I yeah. just hate this expected batting average stuff. I mean, I, I, I just, a lot of the stuff that they try to measure, it, 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 you can't measure that. But isn't you, the bottom you can't line, word it like that. But the bottom line, though, and is, the bottom line is, though, if he keeps hitting, if he's no hitting the ball 100% miles an hour that will over the long term be a good thing yes like that that'll very be a good true thing. yeah, yeah. Here, so i would just rather a, hear average off the bat okay so you just I don't like the phrase like when you say stuff like expected batting average like yeah. there's way too many variables it's, unless the expected batting average is a thousand i don't give a shit <laughs> what about uh batting average on balls in play which is a slightly different stat here's it, here's this is pretty low before i address that yeah he, it's not like he's hitting the ball and that Scrabini's out there making plays on him. Like these are big league outfielders. Like yeah. you know how hard it is to get a hit. Yeah, it's hard. Like it's hardest very hard. It's very hard. Hardest, hardest thing to do in sports. Uh, batting average hit. on balls in play. It's it's seemingly fairly important. 
That's important, yeah. And his, I think, was at like 152. I, don't quote me on this. I want to say the average on balls in play. I could be totally off my rocket. I want to say it's like quote. maybe 280 or 300 or something. So where if someone's like way above or below, it'll typically here's, lead to regression backwards. Here's what I know about expected batting average. Yep. You can't find it easily <laughs> on baseball reference, so it's not real. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, a, a, it's a fake made-up stat. Hell of a I would just say he's hitting the ball hard. If he keeps hitting the ball hard, he'll the, be okay. Thank the, you. And, and, the, and the quality of the, of the at-bats matter a lot because that tells you, is he seeing the ball? Like, Jake also, I think, had a stat thing on Twitter where it's like, hey, Kyle Tucker is swinging at a few more balls outside of the strike zone, which is something you want to limit, obviously. So th- there are a number of ways you can kind of analyze this. News. Yeah. Odorizzi, not good so far. Not good so far, but yeah, that arm there, tightness. there was good news that apparently he's only going to miss two or so turns in the rotation. How about uh, the Royd guy? Oh, Ken Emanuel. Yeah. Yeah, how about that eight and two-thirds? He pitched really well on, I think it was Saturday, yeah. Now, he had like a 12-run lead for most of it. Yeah. but so he, it's a little easier to go out there and do the and job. And no, no Trout, no Rendon, but he was attacking those guys, and uh, yeah, he did, he did very, very well. I, I like his mindset. I usually, Seth would get on me on this, I usually don't trust anybody who <laughs> claims some sort of excuse for a drug, drug test. For, this one actually seems like it could be fairly legit. Uh, I, I like the, uh, what's the word for it? I like the, the vindictiveness of wearing the number zero for the number of games he says he should have been suspended by Major League Baseball. I, I like that it's level like, of sass or whatever. Sharp. Yeah. That's sharp. Let's yeah. let's see what the next eight and two thirds look like before we start crowning him. We'll find out. I found it odd that they like used Luis Garcia in relief and they're gonna start him on Thursday. I don't understand. I that. hate watching Garcia. I like him. I'm into him. Well, I what's like wrong him. With Luis? Uh, yeah. I don't like that wind up. It's a weird wind up, but it's kinda cool. I like I I like him. He seems like a good dude, but that, that those kind of wind ups annoy me. Okay. He's part of the, the thick, much he's extra. part of the thick boy duo. Too much extra. I'm about, right. that, I'm about that. I'm about that. Him and Andre Scrub. I'm about that. Duo. Cliff Lee slapped the slapped the and, and right right on the rubber. And Pedro, the Pi- Pedro Bias. You didn't hear that here. Pedro Bias is basically never going to play for them. It seems maybe like. just throw it out there. Sixty day DL. See just throw it out there. See a little. See a Get little. in shape. Thank you. <laughs> oh, he's, he's, you say he's a, he's fat boy. That's why he. I'm just. You know, it might be a thing. His shoulder hurts because he's carrying around a couple extra pounds. Uh, you know, you're been professional. I think got to show up in shape. Been there, Pedro. I've been there. Feel sorry for you. <laughs> Fair. 